Hey, everybody, this is John Tady welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where the podcast where culture is relative. <laughs> yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tady, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the Jimmy Kimmel hosted revival of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> Mom, are you ready to talk about Millionaire? <laughs> yes, I am. So, I'll so let me tell the folks, we're all set up for our taping. I've got two paragraphs of copy notes for Millionaire. I'm ready to go on Millionaire. We're recording. I do the intro that you just heard, and Mom just goes silent on the other end of the line uh, for a few seconds. And she says, I thought we were going to do Borat this week um and indeed we were but i forgot <laughs> and watched millionaire which we were going to do next week um but now mom's caught up on millionaire right mom yes yes and, i am and ready to talk about it maybe we'll talk about borat at some point and maybe after the election it will just seem uh silly to talk about it but today we're talking about millionaire and if you've got thoughts about borat hey email us all right email mom she'll tell you what she thinks mm. Mom, it's a stressful time right now. We are recording this on election eve, and let's not talk too much about the politics because A, it'll all be different uh, tomorrow, and B, we're trying to give people something that takes them maybe a little away That's from right. the madness right now. That's right. I think uh, we're all catatonic, so oh let's, my God, yeah. let's try other things. So what's your week been like? It's been crazy. It's just been absolutely there's just been one thing after another that you just say, all right, all right, that's it. That's it. And then there's something else. It's just, it's been an incredible week full of crap. <laughs> I understand that you have uh, canceled one of your most treasured newspaper subscriptions. What happened? I did. Well, you know, uh, it's a, it's a local newspaper, very, very local newspaper. And mostly what I read it for is the obituaries because it was very embarrassing years and years and years ago. Well, not really, but when the day you got married, a neighbor up the street um, had passed away and I didn't know. And so we're out there shooting off fireworks and everybody's, you know, drinking and having a grand old time. So I said, well, that is one reason to get this newspaper so that that never happens again. You know, it was, mm. I mean, not that everybody's getting married, but it's good to know in this very small town, you know, so now I religiously read the obituaries. They have a little, um, cart not a cartoon, but they have a picture of their dog, the Intertown Record, the the woman that owns it and is the editor, has has a picture of her dog in there every week saying something like <laughs> these these squirrels are driving me nuts, you know, and it's yeah. a picture of him in the leaves and the you know, whatever. Something a dog would say if a dog could speak. Right. Is the idea. That's right. Or Happy birthday to Papa. Okay. You know, it's cute. It's a picture Point. of a dog. Yeah. All right. So last week I opened it up 
And here's a picture of the dog saying something like, I thought of the scariest costume. It's Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what the hell is this? Now, you have to understand also, um, temperaments are not being cautious right now it's just like you know if you want to say your crap i'm gonna say my crap i've had i've had enough i've had enough of biting my tongue and being uh oh oh interesting and i'm done with all that yeah i am now at the point of salting the earth and moving on (laughs) well i think that's a common affliction in the country right now but i you know, the rugged individualism that is so characteristic of New Hampshire uh, does often also have the effect of individuals thinking that their political perspectives are just the most fascinating. Like, I mean, New Hampshire is uh, the home of uh, Lyndon LaRouche, the late Lyndon LaRouche, right? And of other associated wacko libertarian movements, all just, you know, movements uh, fueled by older white guys who haven't listened to anybody in decades, right? Who just right. like to yammer on and on. It's sort of a state. So, um, yes, people are very open with their perspectives and proud of them. And it sounds like that is just a powder keg in small town New Hampshire right now. Well, I was pretty irritated. And so I sent off an email that said, if you want to do an editorial about politics, do an editorial. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, don't make the I dog do that. your dirty work, right? right? <laughs> but don't throw your dog under the bus. What <laughs> what kind of nonsense is that? And I said, cancel my subscription. And I thought, well, that'll be the end of it. But she emailed me back a couple hours later and said it was supposed to be funny. Yeah, well, that's what they always say. You and I had a conversation about something Similar. similar yeah. Just about this this habit of instigating and then when you're called on it, oh, oh, that's not what I meant, or oh, right. I don't have time to do all that research or whatever it is. Um yeah, it's it's cowardice is what it is. It was the dog was not dressed in a Nancy Pelosi costume in the picture, no. though, right? It was just thinking, no. Oh, my scary costume will be Nancy Pelosi. Right. He said, I've come up with the scariest, most bone-chilling Halloween costume of all time, Nancy Pelosi. Now, where is the joke It's not even there? funny. I... No, it's not a joke. It's... <laughs> but I am admittedly amused, or maybe bemused is the right word, that the dog picture is the forum in which this played out. <laughs> Well, I just really, I mean, have some balls, right? Write, write an editorial yeah. saying, you know, Trump is good. This is why I love him. Blah, blah, blah. But the poor dog. <laughs> What's the dog's the name? Proby. Proby. Poor Proby. Really? Nice owners. Uh, so, anyway, that was very irritating. So the inter- so Very we won't irritated. have any uh, long-time listeners of the podcast may know the Intertown record uh, for the Mr. Potato Head crime story that was covered right. here in a Pop Mom Investigate segment. And we had Ray. What was Ray's last name? Do you remember? Was it Ray? Ray. 
Ray. I forget his name. I forget what his last name was, but uh, Ray didn't know what was going on when he came on the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, he's from Warner. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm done with everyone now. I, I, If I can insult you, if I can hurt your feelings till tomorrow, that's where I'm at. So I'm staying in the house. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. But, you know, I'm really done with it. Okay. Here's, here's what else is on my mind. I saw a commercial. Okay. Can I move on? Yeah, no, yeah, I was going to. No, you host, go. I don't, you don't even need me. I saw, I saw a commercial on TV showing, I don't know what it was, a duck. I don't know what it was, but it had a mask stuck on it. And, uh-huh. you know, it's in the ocean or it was on a sea turtle or it was on something. And, it, and, the, and then the thing says, please. Please uh, cut the straps on your on your face masks if you're using disposables and you throw them away. And I and now I am incensed again all over because I'm saying, why are we putting that crap in the ocean? Still, I'm I'm getting rid of my mask in a in a trash container, and you people are putting it in the ocean, you know, and you're making me feel bad because I didn't cut the straps. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah. Well, I don't know that I can solve the uh, waste management systems of Western society on this call, but I did not, because um, I'm just catching up to the strap bit. I did not know you were supposed to cut your straps. Hey, I just got used to cutting. Well, I don't drink. I only drink those little cans of soda. But you know, okay, you know, cutting is this small enough? Uh, you know, the little the little things that hold your soda cans together. Is this small enough? I better do it smaller. So now I'm spending three hours a week cutting up my soda can plastic things. And now I feel like I should just go to the dump with my scissors and just cut everything up. Just cut everything up to make everybody happy and then throw it all in the ocean. Disgusting. Okay. That's not really it. You, you told me in advance that you had a question about masks, but this is not really a question. It's more of a rant, which is fine. But well, is there a my question? question is, yes, why are we still putting stuff in the ocean? Oh, I see. Uh, I is don't... it out of sight, out of mind? Why are we yes. still doing that? Yes, that's what it is. I don't really like that answer. Well, it's the truth. I mean, I'm well, not endorsing it, but that's that's yeah, that's the truth. Well, it's just it's stupid. I mean, come on. All right, enough of that. I, we I have to apologize to Greenies. I wish I had a better tone. Uh, apparently, the cat Greenies are just fine to feed your cat. So yeah, yeah. All right, now slow down for a second. Let me set up. I got to set up some of this stuff. So um, yes, uh, a few weeks ago. We were talking about the cats, my cats, and I said offhand um, that I give him these greeny treats to keep their um, teeth clean, and mom just condemned me on the spot. I mean, really called me out on the carpet and said, how dare you feed those? I did not. You said, I think, I may be paraphrasing a little bit here, but you basically said you are poisoning your cats is essentially what the (laughs) message was. And I said, the vet told me to give them the greenies for their teeth. And you said, Though, you, they're going to die. Your cats are going to die because of you, Johnny, is what you said. Again, maybe paraphrasing a little bit. Um, and a then, lot. And then I talked to um, 
my sister, your daughter, uh, you may recall Jenna, who is a uh, pet care expert, uh, and dogs in particular, but just knows the pet world. She's a pet photographer, quite a talented one. She knows animals better than anyone in the family, and she said, those greenies are fine. So maybe she got to you, too? Is that what happened here? No. No, you found this out independently? Oh, no, no. I found it out from her. From Jenna, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. She, she contacted me to tell okay. me I was wrong, which is also a wonderful hobby. Of call Jenna's. your mom. Tell her she's yeah. <laughs> now she's going to call me and yell at me about that. But. <laughs> um, so we're apologizing to the good people at Greenies, but there was That's what right. was the nugget of truth at the center of it? Because there is there is some problematic Greenies product, right? The, for the dogs, the dog chew. Apparently, some dogs have trouble digesting them. And uh, they cause blockages sometimes. Okay. So dog greenies, we condemn you. Cat greenies, you're fine. And Jenna, just call Johnny if I'm wrong, okay? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she texted me right away. I know. All right. I think I we've taken one, care have... of all the old business. Is there new business? Well, there is. There is. I And... um. This was part of my frustrating week. When I open up my computer in the morning, it says, I get a message that says, this page had to reload because of a problem. And I'm thinking, well, who caused this problem? It's just me and daddy in the house. The cat doesn't know how to use the computer. What? Who is opening and doing something wrong with my computer? So it was sort of a creepy feeling that I had. And then I saw a charge on my PayPal for something I didn't recognize. And uh oh. It yeah, it was for twenty eight dollars and it was for something called World Union, which I Googled and it looked like it was tickets for something. So I straight off filed a complaint with PayPal in my well, in that quick, didn't really investigate it fully way yep, that I yep. can do things. I've been there. And when I went back and looked at my other emails, I saw that indeed it was a charge that I had made. But now I had already talked to my credit card people um, and I uh, filed the, my complaint with PayPal and then I so I sent another letter to PayPal and they said, well, you know, we have to follow this through. And I called the credit card company and said, this was my charge. So a week later, I get a, an email from PayPal that says, uh, we decline your uh, questioning this. They, they said it nicer than that. We decline your, this is. This is definitely in keeping with your shopping habits. And they were right because what I had done was ordered my Pee Wee Herman Christmas cards. But his company, instead of saying, you know, Pee Wee Herman's store says World Union something. And oh, yeah. Yep. That'll which, get you. Uh, yeah. 
So now you weren't. This little, isn't a cover story for buying porn, is it, Mom? Because it sounds very much like an I bought porn I on the internet story. I know, no, but I did think it was very weird that PayPal told me that this is in keeping <laughs> is with weird. my shopping habits. <laughs> yeah, I reacted to that too. Yeah, it's a little, like, uh, it's a little too familiar. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. What, what? Come right out and tell me what you're thinking, PayPal. Uh, so I thought that was very funny uh, after a couple days, but not rated first. I have been uh, there. Uh, it's so easy to forget and to get on the phone and the oh, oh, I didn't charge this. How dare you, sis? And then 15 minutes later, be like, oh, right. I got some shoes last night. When That's, I was... right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, right. <laughs> From the ev- evangelical soul people. That's right. It's like, what? That's right. Why? <laughs> I hop on the high horse in a hurry, but I step down very meekly in that situation. Yeah. yeah that has happened to me once or twice. Um, we have a bit of a big ticket uh, refund item going on right now. In fact, during the interim... Uh, between when we started to record and then had to break so you could go watch Millionaire and then resumed, uh, I had to call the local appliance store because we have this Samsung refrigerator that I just hate. Um, Oh, you do? Over time, the ice machine has gone on the fritz and it just freezes up again and again and stops working. And then it was icing up like it was icing up around one of the cooling fans. So when when the compressor would go on, uh, it would sound like this in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's what Daddy sounds like in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> so I went on I YouTube can't. and um, and found out how to take the thing. I scheduled a service call first, but it's going to be two hundred dollars. And I said, maybe I can figure out how to do this myself. So I went on YouTube, and indeed, it's a common flaw in the refrigerators. And oh. I learned how to open the. I had to take all the shelves out, out, and take the back of the inside apart to get to the fans. But then I chipped out all the ice, and I cleaned the air and tank vent, and supposedly the problem was gone. Well, about a month later. So now I'm like, oh, man, is this going to be my life? Like every few weeks taking this thing apart to clear out the ice? I can't live that way. But uh, I wasn't sure what to do. And I went on the Internet. There's class action lawsuits about these refrigerators and Samsung won't fix the ice maker problems and this so it seems like this is just going to be my life and I have to bite the bullet and maybe it's just a new refrigerator or it's like $200 surface calls every few months. And I don't want, you know, that's going to add up quick, too. Right. I'll tell right. you what, Mom, the day after I placed the order for the refrigerator, the thing had been buzzing. Um, so that I said to Anna, I'll fix it in the morning and that'll be the last time. And by the time it would ice up again, we'll have our new refrigerator and this horrendous noise will be gone. Well, the next morning, it's not making the noise, but I just figured it's not running the compressor at the time. I take all the food out, all the shelves out, take the back panel off, and it is pristine. I put it back together, and it is noise-free. There was no, I didn't do anything except take it apart and put it together again, and it's been wow. perfect for a week since then. 
And I swear, Mom, it's like this refrigerator got the fear of God in it and saw its last <laughs> days coming and just decided to shape up. I have no way to explain what wow. the events that transpired, but I just called the appliance store um, before we got back on the phone again to tell them, hey, I got to cancel this order because, uh, you know, if I don't, if this refrigerator <laughs> decides it's going to be back up and running again, uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there's another That's... refund request, not a, not any fraud or supposed fraud involved, but right. um, I'm trying to claw that money back. I, uh, I know when we were going to get our new refrigerator, uh, I was trying to tell daddy about your refrigerator and I kept saying it has a party drawer. It has a party drawer. <laughs> and daddy kept saying to me, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I had, I didn't know how to tell him what it was because that's what we call it, right? Yeah, it is nice. So it has this, it has this, so the refrigerators, it's a French door thing, which seems to be what most refrigerators are now. So it has the top part is the fridge and on the bottom is like a chest freezer that pulls out, right? But then in between, there's this little drawer that Samsung calls the flex zone, but we call the party drawer because it's perfect for filling up with cans of beer and whatnot. Um, and frees up a lot of room in the main fridge. It's a nice feature. Um, but yeah. yeah, we call it the party drawer. That's just what we call it here. And um, I also have described that. Um, I have used that in a conversation with an appliance salesperson, um, <laughs> and they just had no idea what I was referring yeah. to. Because <laughs> yeah. why would they? Um, but yes, some some uh, Samsung refrigerators come with the party drawer. Do not ask for it by name because that's not actually what it's called. <laughs> well, Dad still doesn't know what I'm talking about when I <laughs> refer to it. So, uh, but it has a has a worse name. So I I think party drawer is fine. Yeah, flex zone. That's lame. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, let's enter the flex zone right now and uh, get into our review of Millionaire. Right. Yes. The party oh, wait, drawer wait, wait. of the podcast right in the middle. What? Did I miss something? Can, can I say? No. But can I say um, thank you to Jonathan. I will be in touch. And thank you for the Kit Kats. They were much appreciated and enjoyed. But you'll be hearing from me. Ooh, confidential to Jonathan. Okay. Sounds like we've got a superstar fan of the podcast right here. You better believe it. <laughs> okay. Let's get on to our millionaire review, shall All we? All right. Yes. 21 years after its American debut made Who Wants to Be a Millionaire a TV phenomenon, the quiz show returns once again to ABC primetime with a new version hosted and co-executive produced by Jimmy Kimmel. The production makes now familiar accommodations to the COVID era, most notably the lack of a studio audience, and features a combination of celebrity players and regular folk taken from the ranks of so-called frontline workers. You'll recognize the game, though, as contestants ask questions. Well, they don't ask the questions. They answer them, I suppose. <laughs> You'll recognize the game as contestants answer questions of increasing difficulty as they ascend a money tree that's filled with all your favorite money amounts, like 500, 8,000, 125,000, 300, 4,000, and a personal favorite, 2,000. Here's a cut. So one yeah. of your two smartest friends is here yes. to help you as much as you want help the first 10 questions. 
And if we win the million dollars, how much does Brad win? Brad gets as much of it as you want to take away from the kids doing art in the streets in New All York. Right. Okay. Get ready for a million dollars. Let's do it. Let's play millionaire. Yeah. yeah. Very excited, Jimmy. Joe McHale, your first question's for $100. Uh, Wagging its finger at the gender wage gap, what classic board game released a 2019 version in which female players earn $240 when they pass go? Scrabble? Mm -hmm. Risk? Monopoly? Hungry, hungry chauvinist pigs. Mm. Uh, well, I, uh, I, I, my first thought is that it's definitely D, but that can't be right. Uh, because that was a game show that you hosted in the eighties. Uh, it was the nineties. Oh, it was the nineties. Yes, yeah. that's right. So, I mean, I, I know what the answer is, but I know that you guys you like do? it when we talk about it you a lot. You do know the answer? Are you sure? I'm pretty. I'm. It's Monopoly. Okay. Don't you think? Just so you know, in the first questions, mm -hmm. we don't like this much chit chat. <sighs> This is the beginnings of our month with Joel McHale. <laughs> I'm gonna go with C, Monopoly. Final answer, Jimmy. Final answer is Monopoly, and yes, that is your final answer. Right. <laughs> yes, my God, that was close. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire airs Sunday nights on ABC, and episodes are available soon thereafter on Hello, Mom. <laughs> Do you have hot seat fever, or does this new millionaire leave you cold? I think it has some good and some bad. Probably more bad. Mm, yeah, okay. Let's get into the bad. Well, let's start with the good, actually, because I think we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the bad. All right. Well, I think the good part is they don't diddle around on the $100, $200 stuff like they used to. Like, try to create some tension there. It's ridiculous. The questions are stupid. And, and you know, if you lose $200 on a game show, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, they've sped through those questions for some time now. That's just a warm-up. Well, I realize that it's just a warm-up, but I don't need it. I'm over it. <laughs> okay. Personally. So that's an improvement. That is an improvement. What do you make of Jimmy? Uh, um, I think he does a, a good job. I do think he fills in. He, you know, Regis, you know, he's a character himself. As I realize Jimmy Kimmel is, but he's mm, just I see a, what you're saying. Yeah. He's a space holder. He's a, <laughs> I don't know. This yeah. isn't his real. He kind of is. He, yeah. I don't know how to describe what I feel about it. It's just, he's there, he does a fine job, and that's that. Well, he's just, he's not a character like Regis was. I actually think you've put it very well. He's just sort of a regular guy, which is his persona, right? Yes. Approachable, yes. regular guy, yes. Jimmy Kimmel. Always has been. I expected maybe a little more robust hosting from him, given that it is his main gig, uh, a late night TV host, but right. he didn't. It felt like he could be there or not. He could take it either way. Right. It's like he just had his coffee after dinner, and he's deciding whether he needs to go poop or not. He it's did... just, he seems very like, yeah, okay. Groggy, almost. Re the coffee thing. Yeah. Right? It's just... Re relaxed. Uh, 
you know, maybe he's had a couple drinks and, you know, he just gives me that after dinner vibe of, yeah, maybe I'll go watch TV or I don't know. You know, it's like he's here, but he's really going somewhere else. I think part of the problem is that the studio audience is less superfluous than we imagine it to be, not only mm. because it provides some energy for the viewers to get swept up in, but I think most performers can really use that energy and do yeah. use that energy. Like, you know, when I was doing my show, I was really insistent on having a studio audience um, because I said I need, even if it's just a dozen people, I need that energy to, you know, it gets amplified in my system. You know, any reaction right. from the audience gives me tenfold energy back. Um, it really helps me. And I, did, I didn't I did really like doing segments. Um, I mean, it depends on the segment, of course. Sometimes you, it would be silly to have an audience. But I didn't love working without one. And so I sympathized with Jimmy Kimmel in that respect is I felt like, I mean, when you take the audience away, the contrivance of these little chit-chats with the celebrities and all that really shines through. Like yeah. if there's 100 people watching it, it seems like there's a reason for this to be. But without it, it just feels like, why am I watching Jimmy talk to Julie Bowen about her or about her home routine or whatever? Like, who right. cares? Well, well, let me yeah. just tell you this. I power watched uh, two episodes in the time that oh I was goodness. supposed. Yeah, that I was supposed to watch one because I just zipped through all that. You know, I don't want to I don't need it. I, let me see the questions. I don't need to hear you talk about, uh, oh, was it banana cream or chocolate pudding? Oh, well, you know, yeah. I don't need to hear it. So I fast forwarded through, although Julie Bowen did do a very good job on one of her questions, I thought. Yeah, but um, I found her tedious. Just, you know, I think it's just the the moment. Um, but I really hated this. I, the lack of the audience really <laughs> made it feel dead to me. I just, yeah. I, I hated Julie Bowen. I mean, I'm sure she's a, f not hate, hate, like it, I shouldn't even right. use that word, but it was, it was repulsive to me. I guess I'll put it that way. In so far as thousands of people are dying, um, every week and the nation is coming apart and I'm sitting here watching these celebrities preen and giggle and yeah. I just, it doesn't feel right to me, but you know what, Julie Bowen, she was just getting up there and being herself, you know, it's, um, uh, if you're a celebrity, you must have some ego. So that was on display, but a no measure comparable to Joel McHale, who was just an asshole. Like I'm just, oh. I, I don't understand why this person exists in the pop culture of 2020. I don't think he's relevant to uh, any generation. I I can't stand him. I used to like him, but I, I, I even Jimmy couldn't stand him. And they only got to a few questions. Yeah. Uh, partly because Joel wouldn't shut up. Um, but he was just a total heel. Well, he is an ass. I mean, I I have never ever cared for him on TV. I say that because that's about the nicest thing I can say that maybe not on TV. He's a different person. Yeah. I hope. 
I hated him in Community. I hated him. Was it Talk Soup? Is that what it was called? Yep. Yep. Um, and the he's soup. He's smug. The soup, right? Mm-hmm. He he he's smug. He's arrogant. It's like here I am, and I'm thinking, who are you? Who do you think you are? It's like he thinks he's Frank Sinatra or something. You know that people are going to be all excited to see. Oh, I don't know. He's disgusting. Well, he doesn't. He's think, disgusting. He doesn't really think that. I mean, I think he's an insecure person, um, as indicated by his behavior on millionaire where um he's just everything's everything has to be a joke um and everything has to be a joke with the slant of i don't really care about this isn't this stupid yeah and so why did you come on why did you yeah and it goes right into um millionaire is the lead in for card sharks which he hosts and which we hated right. even though you didn't even remember that we reviewed it but we you know we no. reviewed that last year um, and didn't care for it. And I watched like 30 seconds of that and he was just the same jerk. Like I just, and when I say like, I don't know why he exists, like, um, like I don't, who likes this guy? What is his fan base at this point? He makes sense to me in the two thousands on the soup, like that sort of cynical, um, call it like late Gen X, uh, sense of humor that all, makes sense to me but in 2020 i don't know why this guy is such a marquee personality and i'll stop now because i know i'm gassing on a lot but i just thought he was fucking insufferable on millionaire yep this is beneath me what am i doing here yeah yeah and jimmy jimmy didn't know what to do with him like clearly was annoyed with him like i think right I can kind of tell when a host is like, ha ha, playing up the annoyance. I think Jimmy was like, maybe not beside himself, but genuinely tired of uh, Joel's shtick by the end yeah. of the brief yeah. segment they were able to squeeze in at the end of this episode. And he said with some rue, Jimmy, Joel will be back next time to finish his game. Ugh. Oh. You know, it's tough to be a gracious host when your guests are are so impolite. I'll say, so the celebrities are awful, um, and I don't need to see celebrities play this game. I just, um, uh, that element I'm not a huge fan of, but I got to say that the normies were so dull, too. Did you, I mean, the fireman, it's the most boring $125,000 oh I've oh. ever seen one on television. I agree. And did did you see the fire the firefighter that... that uh, couldn't figure out what the four letter states oh, had in. Yes, that's I, what I'm talking about. That was just death. Are you kidding me? So the question I, the question was the three states uh in the United States that have four letters in their name all share what characteristic? And it was like they border each other, um, they all begin with a vowel and a couple other things. And it's they all begin with a vowel. So the question is basically and look, the question writing is super easy, is something else I have to say. Like, getting up to $32,000 you could do in your sleep. Because the que- right. questions practically answer themselves, like this one. So it's this guy, this firefighter, and what was it, his wife? You know, you're allowed his to have— sister. His sister. And you're allowed to have one sidekick. So it's just the two of them nattering on and on, going through all the states <laughs> and the union. North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho. Yeah, none of those are four letters. So eventually they arrive at Utah, Iowa, Ohio, 
And it's just like, of course they're going to get there eventually, and it's excruciating television to watch them um, get there. Really tough. And, uh, I mean, just a very boring, just a very boring person. Yeah. (laughs) Two dull people and the most rote stepping through the um, money tree I've ever seen. Again, I come back to the lack of an audience and just the lack of life. It just feels like we're playing millionaire in a morgue, and I don't. It's very dark to me, and I am not going to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I'm not going to be watching it again. Uh, you know, I had a similar. Let's get the grade for millionaire before I move on, though. What's your grade for millionaire, Mom? Uh, I'm going to give it. When I went to high school, we also had an E, which was a grade below D and above F. And so I'm going to give this an E. Extremely rare. Never before on Pop Mom. I'm not even sure it's legal. I'm going to have to check the Pop Mom (laughs) charter. But provisionally, we're going to say that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, gets an E from Mom. Wow. Yeah. Wow. E for effort? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Everybody showed up. I mean, I guess that's... Yeah, yeah. Although not much effort, actually, I have to say, on display (laughs) by anyone um, in this whole production. Um, Or maybe it's E for everyone gets a trophy, that kind of thing. Did you see... Yeah, I think that's the right attitude right now. We're not going to give out any Fs because we just can't be that ruthless in the COVID era, but we'll give out an E. Good. Yeah. Um, did you watch the prices right at night? No. So this is a similar thing. Um, a lot of primetime game shows right now, they're easy to produce, they're cheap, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the networks have nothing else going on. So CBS Uh. has been doing, uh, I think they just started this week. They just started the prices right at night, which is primetime prices, right? No audience. Everybody's at socially distanced podiums. They have to stay socially distanced uh, from Drew. And throughout the show, Drew's talking about how, like, they disinfect the wheel between every spin and they this and that, all the precautions. And it's the saddest I've ever been watching the prices right. It's just it's not right. And they tried their best, and I admire. I think that the Price is Right at night framing was very smart because they wanted it to feel like, I mean, they wanted it to feel like something. So they said, okay, it's going to be laid back and loungy um, and not as intense as the daytime Price is Right. Good slant on it, except they still have the contestants coming out from backstage. They don't come on down, but they come out from backstage, um, and they do crazy dances, and they scream and yell, and then they calm down again, and it's just like, oh, we're going to inject this Price is Right energy into it for a second, and then it's just back to remembering that it's COVID times. Oh, it made me so sad. I couldn't I couldn't watch it. And yeah. this, is, this is not really a—I mean, it's a criticism, I guess, but I feel for the Price is Right production team who cannot make the, the show that the Price is Right is right now, um, but it, it just didn't work for me, and like yeah. I said, made me sad. Well, and I think people are trying very hard to perhaps uh, keep their crews working, give us some entertainment, uh, make us feel safe, uh, help us forget that yep. politics and and COVID, and maybe it just isn't possible. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that might be the case. At least maybe it's not possible with The Price is Right or these old... Because I get it, like these old familiar shows that you love and that are an escape and are exciting and make you feel happy. I We get that, right? We get the yeah. sentiment behind it. And but, appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. But it's just not working. Not for me, at least. Yeah. It only makes right. me, it only highlights what has been lost. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Just the thing they're they're not going for is what it's doing. So... I mean, for the host of The Price is Right to be talking about disinfecting the wheel, it's just too dark <laughs> for me. It's just too dark. <sighs> uh, do you have any recommendations this week, Mom? I forgot to ask before the show, so this is going to be a surprise well, to me. I do. I do have two recommendations. <sighs> one was a, this was a tough one. This was Notes on the Silencing by Lacey Crawford. She is a young woman. Well, she's not a young woman now, but she went to St. Paul's in Concord and had a, not a rape, but had a sexual thing done for her. And in the end, Done the to school, her, I assume you mean? Oh, what did I say? You well, yes, that's what her. I mean. Okay. She oh, had... no, no, no. Done to her. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. That's all right. I and, just want to make clear. Yep. Yeah. And it goes on to describe her uh situation her her commentary on the uh hierarchy of a prestigious prep school the 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 uh pomp and circumstances the the things that are not acknowledged not looked at ignored by some people uh punishment for other people that sort of thing um and it was it was extremely well written. It's a, a a very sad story, and a, quite a commentary on not only St. Paul's but I think other schools uh, of this genre with this mm. this uh, gravitas yeah BS that goes with the whole thing. Yeah, institutions. Institutions, right, where you really have just children that are acting as adults with very little supervision, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it, it was very, I, I thought it was an excellent read. It wasn't a great, happy story. It was very sad. Let's face it, high school is, is a, a tough time anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, so recap the title and author on that one for me, Mom. It's called Notes on a Silencing by Lacey Crawford. And what's recommendation number two? My next one is their new season of My Next Guest Needs No Introduction with David Letterman. Oh. Uh, here, Here's some good times for you. Yeah, really? Except for the first one. I wouldn't watch the first one. What's the first one? Kim Kardashian. Okay. You're enjoying it, though? Which ones did you enjoy? Which interviews did you enjoy? Robert Downey Jr. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh, that's as far as we've gone. But watch it. It's good. It's entertaining. It's it's not politics. It's not COVID. And, and it will make you laugh. He goes to see Robert Downey Jr. Uh, on his, his little farm that he has. And lots of laughs. Okay. Good. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. Is that the name of the series? Yep. 
with yep. David Letterman, and that's on Netflix, I believe, right? That's right. That's right. All right. That will do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week, if there's still a republic, to talk about <laughs> more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? Any ideas? Oh, let's talk about something interesting. All right. I guess we can try that for once. Thank you for listening. <laughs> if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. And we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. Suggestions for the show, reactions, confidential messages for mom, apparently. <laughs> no. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.